You're listening to the Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Welcome back. I'm Avital. I'm so very, very honored and pleased that you are tuning in today. I know that you have a million and one other things you could be doing and I promise to make your time worthwhile. Today, I'm actually going to be sharing about the five-ronged ladder that every marriage or partnership must climb if they want to move into the highest level of their connection in their relationship. And I know it always sounds a little bit trite or unbelievable when we talk about systems and, you know, formulas and blueprints within relationships, because relationships are so individual and so personal. But I have found that it can be really, really helpful in organizing our thinking when we do apply those systems, like we do in business, like we do in so many other areas, to the more fluid and kind of quote unquote soft skills of relationships. So today I'm going to share this five-rung ladder that we climb, what each of the rungs are, and how we move from plotting our escape route all the way through to power couple status. I don't mean power couple like celebrities, by the way. I mean power couple where you both really feel like this partnership is powerful and you're each in your power zone and you feel great um, together, you know, where it's one plus one equals more than two. And we'll talk about that more soon. So I actually recorded this episode live on Facebook and on Instagram. And if you happen to catch me live and said hello and left me some comments and interactions there, thank you so very much. It means the world to me. But if you didn't, don't worry, I gotcha. We're going to be playing that for you right here. So without further ado, let's go right into it. From plotting your escape route to power couple. I just want to say that that title is, (laughs) might be 100% realistic for you. You might literally feel like you're plotting your escape route, like you're having daydreams or fantasies about leaving or your marriage somehow ending or something, some kind of escape. Or it might just be a kind of sense of blah, right? Something a little mediocre, something that's just not enough for you, a sense of wanting more. But what I want to talk to you today is about that five-rung ladder, and I'm going to explain what I mean by that, that we can climb to go from a state of blah or really being miserable, really feeling like I got to get out, I got to, you know, escape this marriage and this partnership, all the way through to feeling like, boom, we're such a power couple, we're vibrant, we're sexy, we're in love, we're great parents together, we're on a great team, that type of transformation. What I want to just start with is a few disclaimers, right, because we've got to do that. So the first is to say that this conversation and any conversation that I have is inclusive, all right? If it sounds heteronormative, um, that's only because I'm a woman and I'm married to a man, but this is relevant and includes any type of family, any uh, any type of couple. And um, I just want you to take what I'm saying and... Um, and apply it to your situation, right? So see, how is this relevant for me? How can I transfer this into my situation? I know that not all of you are in the same situation as me, but um, if you're here, it's because you're in a partnership and you want to improve it. That's what we're all here for. 
All right, so it's an inclusive conversation. The second thing is that I'm very much not a guru, okay? It's not like I have this nailed, right? It's not like me and my husband are, boom, such an incredible power couple and we never argue and we never, uh, you know, have issues and we never have doubts. That's not what I'm what I'm here and that's not what I'm about. I'm very, very much a fellow student. I am just someone who simply passionately believes um, about sharing in the things that have transformed my life, have changed my relationship, have changed my family for the better, have improved my life in a very big way. And I'd like to share that because I believe that these are things that can change anybody's lives when we reclaim and create a fulfilling, meaningful powerful marriage and relationship it's a huge change to our personal lives and of course to our parenting and that's why it's so relevant and in fact we got into the partnering conversation at the parenting junkie out of the fact that that was the number one question coming out from our community from all of you guys the number one thing that people were saying to me was yeah peaceful parenting and everything is great it's wonderful but when I have pressures and tensions and misalignment and not feeling like we're a team with my partner there's a disconnect there that undermines all of the parenting that I'm trying to do and that has been my experience in the past as well I worked very hard and spent many years trying to crack that code and solve it and I feel like I've really come a long way with that there's still a way to go I hope we work on this our whole life but um but but that's why that's why I'm sharing this I also want to say that I am not anti-divorce by any means. I believe that there are many situations in which divorce is necessary, in which divorce is the wisest, safest, lovingest thing to do, uh, most loving, right? And I believe that uh, it, 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 it might be the right decision, even for people here. I don't know, and I'll never say yes or no. It's not for me to say I'm not equipped to, and I think no one is except for you. Um, however, I do believe that many of us turn to divorce out of desperation simply because we don't know another way of moving forward with our marriage or with our partnership. Um, or even if we don't actually think of real divorce, we're not calling the lawyers, um, we have an emotional divorce. We kind of emotionally disconnect. We just go through the motions, stay stuck in a very stagnant relationship because, you know, for the kids or just because of the power of inertia or because the other path is so scary and unavailable to us. And so it's not for a minute that I'm saying that people should never get divorced. Sometimes it's the best choice. Um, but for those of us who have been in a situation and I'm raising my hand here, let me know if this has ever felt like you, where you feel like you just don't know how you can elevate the relationship to the place that you want it to be. And it almost seems like getting out or leaving would be the only option in order to, um, in order to save it, right? So, um, and, and finally, it's just another important disclaimer before we get into the meat and potatoes, um, is that I'm not offering psychological or professional help uh, on this platform, right? This is just a conversation. I'm just sharing my own experience, my personal experience, that of my clients, that of the people that I've helped, that of our community. Um, and so, and this is not going to apply to everyone, i.e. if you are in an abusive, emotionally, verbally, physically relationship, I'm so sorry to hear that. And in that case, you need to seek professional help. You need to seek local, real professional help. And it's just important that I make these disclaimers because not everything I'm going to say is going to apply to, to every situation. And you've got to understand that and take it uh, with that commonsensical thinking of, is this relevant for me? Am I who she's talking about, right? You're still very welcome 
But if you or your partner suffer from psychological, psychiatric, personality disorders, then it may just simply not apply to you. It, it certainly won't be enough. It might help and you're welcome to stay, but it certainly won't be enough. You're probably going to need professional help. So that's really, really, really important. I am talking to, to people who are basically both uh, sane and stable and healthy and kind, um, but are struggling a lot with disconnection with lack of teamwork and with a misalignment on parenting styles. So if that applies to you, then this is going to be highly relevant. All right, and same for all of my work, really. Okay, so now that we've got all that kind of low, you know, difficult stuff out of the way, it, we might all be feeling kind of low vibe, like, oh no, divorce and misery and, uh, you know, just, just blah. So let's shake that off because what I'm actually here to help you with today, what I really want to offer you is the vital importance of applying a growth mindset to your marriage. And here's what I mean by that. Most people that I come across have a very fixed mindset when it comes to their marriage. How many of you have heard the idea that people don't change? Have you ever heard that idea? People don't change. Has ever, anyone ever said to you, oh yeah, but he's never going to change. She's never going to change. People don't change. You can just give up on that idea, right? I kind of, I don't think I grew up hearing that in my home, but I think the culture around me has definitely given me that sense that people don't change, that what you have is what you're stuck with. In fact, if you look at it, many of the messages that we receive around marriage and partnership, yes, is that it doesn't change. First of all, that it doesn't change. And second of all, that if it does change, it's for the worse, right? How many of you have ever heard, the honeymoon can't last forever? The honeymoon can't last forever. This idea, yeah, this idea that we're at the peak of our romance, we're at the peak of our relationship when we get married, that your wedding is the most important day of your life. Have you heard that one, right? That it starts at the very top. It starts with the most important day of your life. It can't get better than the honeymoon and that it's downhill from there. I mean, we even have phrases like calling a wife a uh, chain and ball, right? Ball and chain, whatever it is. Like she's locking you up, right? Like once you get married, that's it. All these stupid, excuse me, jokes at uh, weddings when people say, oh man, just here's my marital advice to you. Whatever she says, she's right. Just say sorry, right? All of these types of... Uh, under the current, under the radar, subconscious ideas that basically tell us that marriage is hard, that people don't change, that it starts with the best day of your life when you're a princess in a white dress or you're a prince in a suit or whatever it is, that this is the big celebration with the cake and all the stuff, and that it's basically downhill from there, that it just gets worse, right? Don't expect to be sexy old men and women or, or, or women and women or whatever married together, right? Claire says, I remember reading, if there's something that annoys you about your partner now, expect it to be more and more, expect to be more and more annoyed by that. And if that doesn't scare you, then it's okay to stay together. So we hear these ideas and we actually develop a subconscious fixed mindset around marriage, around the idea that people can't change, that things are actually going to go downhill rather than uphill. And that we've got to make do with that, right? Now, I just want to remind us all of what is a growth versus a fixed mindset. A, a, a fixed mindset is the idea that we are somehow born with everything that we've got to go through life. You're either good or not good at math. You're either good or not good at dancing. And you're born with innate talents. And 
there's not that much that you can do. It's the idea of the genetic lottery, right? You either win it or you don't. And if you don't, you're kind of screwed. There's not much you can do about it. But this has been disproved throughout psychology and and all of the psychological research that happens. Um, This has been completely disproved. We've learned since then that that is not true, that in fact, we are... we have brain plasticity throughout our lives. You know, this even comes into like windows closing, right? Like, oh, between the ages of zero and seven is the, the, you know, whatever window. And if it closes, then you're screwed. You know, if you did something to get, that's it. This idea of all windows closing, this idea that if you don't hit something by a certain age, then it's gone forever. And people and research have been disproving this idea for uh, for the last couple of decades. And what we've learned instead is a growth mindset, right? The growth mindset is the idea that we can always change and improve. We can always learn and that we're always in a process of changing. And in fact, if you look at marriage and we think, I can't change, my partner can't change, this is just how it is, nothing could be further from the truth. We're all changing at any given moment. You are not the same person you were when you logged on to this, uh, to listen to this. I am not the same person as I was two minutes ago. We're all literally on a cellular level changing the whole time. So today I want you to just kind of get that growth mindset on when it comes to your relationship. And I want you to ask yourself, basically assess where you are in three key areas of a relationship. And I've kind of distilled these three areas based on actually the internal research that we do with our community. We've run surveys and we get a lot of feedback and a lot of communication with people who are in a partnership who are trying to improve their relationship. And what we uh, came back with is that there are three key areas that tend to be the main pain points for parents who are in a partnership. The first is teamwork. The first is teamwork. When we don't feel like we are on a good team, like we work well together, it creates a lot of stress. How many here people feel, how many people here feel like they are doing the lion's share of the housework, for example? How many people here have Felt, have felt, excuse me, that they um, carry the entire burden of the family. I mean, I have my hands raised. I've I've felt like that in the past. I don't feel that way anymore, but I have felt that. Um, how many people here have heard themselves saying things like "I do everything around here" or just feeling that feeling? Right. That's when we don't feel like we have good teamwork. Now, teamwork doesn't mean fifty-fifty. It doesn't mean that we each contribute exactly the same things. Um, it doesn't mean that we're exactly the same, right? It means that we feel like we are on a team, like we're pulling in the same direction, like we both contribute. So that is the first kind of umbrella area that we're going to assess right here today. And actually, if you have a pen and paper handy, that might be helpful for you just to get some clarity or even just open up a note on your phone. Um, if you, if you, if you use this to assess yourself, it can be really, really helpful to notice where you're having a fixed versus a growth mindset, where you're saying, well, that's just the way we are and we can't change versus getting creative and understanding how we can climb the ladder, which I'm about to talk to you about. So teamwork, write teamwork down. That's number one. Teamwork is the first section that I want you to assess. The second area that we found that people are really stressed over as parents and partners is parenting style. 
How many people here feel like they are not aligned with their partner on parenting style? I get emails daily from people saying, my partner believes in spanking and I don't. My partner isn't interested in learning about parenting and I am. My partner doesn't believe in co-sleeping and I do. My partner thinks extended breastfeeding is gross and I want to do it. My partner won't consider homeschooling and I want to, etc. right? The feeling that we're just not, we don't have the same goals when it comes to parenting. We don't have the same style. We don't have the same approach. We're not a united front. We're not harmonious. Perhaps not in every area, but in many areas of parenting. And that will also manifest itself in feeling like, did I make the wrong choice? Did I choose the wrong mother for my children or father for my children? Is this even going to be sustainable? So that parenting style piece is big because being a parent is the main part of our identity these days as we're raising young children for most of us, right? Um, but when we feel like we're misaligned on parenting style, it can pull us apart. And I have to say, this was a big one for me. I felt like, uh, you know, if you if you look at me like, you know, eight years back, I would feel like I am putting all of this energy into being the best mom I possibly can be. And yet my partner is undermining that peaceful parenting style. It was actually ruining, right? Ruining the peaceful parenting. And I felt like peaceful parenting was ruining my marriage because we weren't agreeing. We weren't seeing eye to eye. We weren't able to do it together. I got so triggered by how my partner parented. It just wasn't working for us. So parenting style, number two. And the third one is connection. How connected do you feel? Do you feel connected emotionally? Like you have a best friend vibe? Like you have a sexy vibe between you? Is there flirtation going on? Is there deep sharing? Do you feel seen? Do you feel witnessed? Do you feel connected? So Connection is another one that can sometimes go haywire, especially when kids are introduced to the picture because hormones disrupt our sex life and, you know, have a kid, need I say more, right? And just feeling like we're running around after our to-do list, we have so much to do, we have our mom or dad hat on or our work hat on, we have no more time for romance, we have no more time for just, you know, sending flirty texts, we have no more time or no more interest sometimes, and sometimes we literally don't even need it because we're so filled up by our relationship with our children, and so we just lose interest in building that connection with our partner. And unfortunately, just like, or fortunately, just like any fire, if you don't kindle it, it can't survive, right? In the cold, it just isn't going to survive. And so connection can easily go, uh, go, just go, right? All right, so now let's talk about the ladder. Okay, the ladder. This is really helpful. And I want to tell you that I literally just sat down with my team and we developed this ladder to help us to assess. And we're actually building an assessment around this, literally a quiz that you can take so that you can measure your own progress in your relationship. Because if there's one thing I want you to walk away from today feeling, it's like relationships are just like any other project. If you get a growth mindset on, you can learn and expand and improve them. People do change. You can change. You can change how you show up to them and they will in turn change how they show up for you. And so 
Here is the five-step ladder. Now, it starts off a little rocky, but we're going to get somewhere good at the end, so stick with me, okay? So the first lowest rung of the ladder is feeling miserable, okay? If you equate this to being in the water, this would be the step where you're literally drowning. When you're miserable in your marriage or in one area of your marriage, it's a crisis mode. It needs immediate assistance. It's like an emergency, right? It's bringing you down in all areas of your life. So I want you to just give a one to five as we go through these steps in each of these areas. Teamwork, parenting style, connection. So if I'm feeling miserable in my teamwork, it means I feel like we're a terrible team. Like we're actually not only not helping each other, but undermining each other and undercutting each other. Like we're always arguing about chores. Like we're never getting stuff done in a good way together. If I'm feeling miserable in my parenting style, I feel like I hate the parent that my partner is. I, 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 I am repulsed by the way that they parent. I feel like it's a crisis. Like it's a terrible thing that's happening to our family, right? A big mistake that I've made. And if I'm feeling miserable in our connection, then I'm basically feeling minus connection. It's not only that I'm neutral and like roommatey, but I'm actually feeling like, ooh, gross, get away from me. I don't want to be near you. I don't want to be connected to you. I don't feel any kind of draw, any kind of magnetism towards you. So that's the lowest rung. And the good place about misery is that there's only going up from there, okay? So it draws our attention very much to the problem. It's good because we can't stay complacent in the face of misery. That is the place where we're going to say either I'm getting out or we're moving forward somehow. That's the place where people pick up the phone to get a therapist or search online for options or talk to a friend because they are actually catapulted into changing the situation because there's a desperation there. The next one, okay, that was stage one. Let's move on from that because it's not fun to talk about. But the, but I want to tell you, if you're there, I've been there. Mm, you are so okay. You are so not alone. Everybody is sometimes in a miserable place in one area of their marriage. That's just the way it goes. And I want to tell you that there are things that you can do. There is hope. There is change. We are always, always changing. So keep that growth mindset and take the steps and tune in with me because we're putting out so much uh, helpful information, I, I hope and believe that it's helpful in how you can catapult yourself out of that miserable status. Okay, so that's number one. Now, you might be miserable in one area, but totally rocking it in another area. So that's the helpful thing in this assess assessment with understanding that there are three main areas. Again, teamwork, parenting style, and connection. The second stage is stressful. Okay, it's stressful. And this is the stage where in my teamwork is stressful. It's not that we're actually undercutting each other and making it worse for each other. It's just that it's it's hard. It's hard. Like every step there's some argument or there's friction, there's tension. It doesn't go smoothly. It's full of stress for me, right? And if there's stress in my parenting style, the same. Like I can live with it, kinda, but I really don't like it. And I really prefer to avoid seeing the way my partner parents or whatever, because it brings me a lot of stress. And if we're stressful in our connection, there is some kind of connection there, but it's but it's hard. Like there are a lot of arguments. It's not that I'm repulsed by you. It's that every time we connect, we wind into some kind of disappointment, frustration, argument, etc. The friction is repetitive and high. The next stage is manageable. Okay, so if we were going back to our aquat aquatics, if miserable is where you're drowning, like you're gonna die, you know, and stressful is where you're just surviving, okay? You're just surviving somehow, okay? You're just treading water, keeping your head above water, literally, right? That's survival mode. Manageable is where maybe you're out at sea and you kind of are floating on your back. 
you have no forward momentum, you're not getting anywhere, but you can cope. You could probably spend your whole life in manageable. You could probably spend a long time just coping, just being okay. So with teamwork, this is where, it's not like we're fighting all the time. It's just, it works. Neither of us feel great about it. It's not particularly pleasant but it's okay, right? And in parenting style, the same. There's kind of a, uh, almost an apathy to this stage, right? An apathy of like a don't ask, don't tell, don't get vulnerable, don't open cans of worms. There's walking on eggshells at this stage because we don't want to rock the boat because we don't want to sink down into misery again. It's just manageable. So we just keep status quo as is, right? And with connection, again, it's kind of like when you feel like, well, you know, it's okay because we connect once every two months and it's fine, right? It's enough to feed our beast, right? Our inner beast that needs romance and connection. It's enough. It's enough. It's just enough to keep that very, very, very low ambers before it extinguishes itself. That's the stage of manageable. And it's a very dangerous stage, much more dangerous in a way than miserable, because we can become actually blind to it. We can become apathic to it. We don't even notice that we're just in such a mediocre, blah, vanilla, humdrum, gray zone, where nothing is enlivened, nothing is exciting, nothing is drawing our passion. We're not our true selves. We're not like beautiful, big, bold creatures. We're just flat. We have a flat effect. We're just going through the motions. It's almost robotic at this stage. All right. So as I say, go through with the teamwork, parenting style and connection. Ask yourself, is there any misery in one of these stages? Is there stressful? Are we at a stressful stage in one of these areas? Or is it at a manageable stage? The next stage is where things start to look up. And that is the fourth stage of satisfying Satisfying is a great place to be. Satisfying is it's working. I feel good about you. I feel good about me. We are uh, generally in a good place. We're a good team. We're in a good marriage. We have nothing to complain about. We have no major crises. Things go well. Satisfying is a great place to aspire to, right? If you think about more than 50% divorce rates, Being in a satisfying relationship is huge. It's a huge success. It's a huge joy. It's a huge privilege to get there. So if you think about satisfying teamwork, it means I basically respect you. You respect me. We've got it down. It's working. There's a whistle. We whistle while we work, right? We're okay. We're basically, sure, once in a while we have an argument or I get a little resentful or you get a little, you know, you critical. Okay. But it's a satisfying, you know, teamwork relationship in our division of labor. In our parenting style, again, I basically respect you as a parent. I basically feel good about you as a parent. Sure, we all have our ups and downs, but I've got your back. We're a team. I appreciate you. Um, I feel good about your parenting. And our connection is good. We have a pretty good sex life. We have a pretty good dating life together. We've remembered that we're a couple. We feel connected together. We have a friendship. We have a lot of trust we are in a good place. It's satisfying. Satisfying equals good. Satisfying is not a bad place to be. It's an excellent place to be. However, there is another step that I believe we can all push towards and strive towards throughout life. And I just want to say that we 
kind of fluctuate, you know, we bounce around a little bit and that's the growth mindset again between these different stages. We'll sometimes sink down a little bit into a stressful place whilst, you know, we're going through something in life that's financial hardship. We're adopting a child, we're traveling, we're doing any big transitions to our family. We're gonna sink down into stress sometimes. But when we're strong and when we have a good foundation, then we can swim back up into the satisfying place. And satisfying is where you're swimming, right? This point, you have forward momentum, you're getting somewhere, you have strength, you are um, you are getting where you want to go. But the final step that I want to talk about, and you guys have heard me bounce this word around, is blissful. This is the stage where we shoot for the stars, where we shoot for that dreamy, blissful, you know, quote unquote, unattainable level of connection, parenting alignment and teamwork together, where things not only feel like they're good, but they feel like they're inspiring, like they're healing. Like you're with your partner and you're like, pinch me. I get to be with this person. We have created this level of connection together. Now, I'm not in a blissful state all the time with my partner at all, but I've seen glimpses of that. I've experienced that in certain areas and I know it is possible even when you come from a miserable stage. I know it is possible for us all to dream a little bit bigger around our marriages and not to settle. And that doesn't mean not to be grateful for what we've got. And that doesn't mean not to make the most of what we've got. It means not to just settle into mediocrity, into into just uh, giving up on ourselves, right? If we want to get into a blissful state, it's the place where, you know how when you go, maybe you do a sport, right? Um, And at the beginning, it's so hard and it gets a bit easier and then you're okay, you're kind of medium and then you're really getting a bit fluid. When you get to a place, you know, where you can't get it wrong anymore, where you're truly surfing, okay? Let's say surfing, right? This is the the level that's up from swimming. Here, it's already like, you know, and I know you could get to this level when you swim as well, but just go with me on the metaphor. (laughs) I hope you know what I mean, just that visual of riding the waves, of owning it, of really experiencing spiritual, psychological, emotional expansion within our relationship. Is that something that sounds good to you? Is that something that you would like to create in your relationship? Does it sound possible? Does it sound attainable? Or do you dare to dream that big? Because I want to encourage you to. I want to encourage you to shoot for that level because I believe that it is 100% possible. So it gets a little bit hard when we let ourselves fall below the manageable level. When we sink into stressful, even miserable, it is hard to pull ourselves out. It's increasingly harder, right, to pull ourselves out the lower that we sink. Just like a drowning metaphor, the deeper we go, the more more urgent it becomes. However, I believe it is always possible, right? It is always possible and it's available. Well, I won't say always, you know, refer back to the disclaimers I said at the beginning, but barring all of those circumstances, it is possible to shoot for that blissful level. And when we get to a blissful level, if you want to really kind of dive into it a little bit, is that we actually 
elevate each other's performance, right? We're actually even better together. It's that state where one plus one equals more than two, right? It's where I help you to self-actualize and be the person that you most want to be. And I know that you're there to help me to be the person that I want to be. You're actually making me a better mom. You're not only making me a worse, not making me a worse mom or just being neutral about my parenting. You're actually catapulting me and being a catalyst for my growth, right? You're actually picking up my slack. You've actually got my back and we've got each other, right? There's an abundance mindset to being at that blissful stage where there's more than enough connection to go around, right? In fact, we can rest in that connection. It becomes our haven from the outside world, right? It becomes a place where we heal our wounds from our childhood. We actually bring them not to therapy and not to Reiki or whatever, although do all of those things too, but most profoundly into our relationship, right? We earn a secure attachment within our relationship that we may never have earned in childhood or may never have had with our primary caregiver, right? We develop that deep sense of unconditional love, right? The deep yearnings of our soul get answered within our partnership and our relationship becomes a great source of energy for us rather than a depletion of energy, right? So in that stage, we have this expansive heart. We're excited to support each other. We're excited to support each other's self-discovery as a parent, right? And we kind of pick up where each other's leaves off. And that doesn't make us just one person, right? That doesn't make us, um, you know, uh, merged, right, into one, right? It doesn't make us, it doesn't cancel out our independence. In fact, it actually heightens it. It actually gives us what we see, kind of like, you know, the the definition of secure attachment with a baby where the baby feels actually safe to leave its mother and go off, the toddler goes off to explore, knowing that they can come back to that safe haven that is their parent. That's actually how we see secure attachment play out. That is what happens in that secure relationship. There's no place for jealousy anymore. There's no place for competition. There's no place for judgment. There's no place for criticism. There's no place for blame. None of that is relevant when you are in that level, when we all can reach that level. So (sighs) Amy says, sometimes it feels like it takes too much energy to improve my parenting, planning, schooling and activities for the kids. And then on top to also have energy for my relationship. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Of course it feels that way. Of course it feels too hard. And that's actually, you know, it kind of reminds me of the Gandhi quote who said, you know, I have so much to do today. I'm so busy. I guess I need to meditate for two hours instead of one. It's kind of those places where we feel like we have the least energy and the least capacity to invest in our relationships that indicate to us that we most need to put our energy there because the the relationship that we have with our significant other, with our partner is typically supposed to be and can be for us, what we want it to be usually is our rock, our foundation, actually our source of energy that helps us to then go out, parent, plan the homeschooling, raise the kids, you know, support ourselves, do great work. And it pays dividends in every other area of our lives. I don't know about you, but when I'm in a fight with my husband, when I'm, you know, I'm choked up on tears. I have very low patience for the children. I feel sorry for myself. I eat like a volcano. I don't know, how does a volcano eat? Not a volcano. Uh, Like a hippo. I can't stop emotionally eating, right? I'm completely mindless with money. I totally go on retail therapy because I feel sorry for myself. 
and I'm not very effective at work. When I'm in a fight with my husband, every area of my life, my health, my finances, my other relationships, my vibrancy, my, I'm not fun to be around. I'm just the worst version of myself. And the, the flip side of that is also conveniently true. When I'm in a heightened state, a blissful state in my marriage, it gives me energy to go out into the world. It gives me the confidence to come and speak to all of you beautiful people. It gives me the clarity to go and do my work at the highest performance I possibly can. And it gives me a ton of mojo and energy for my kids. I feel more sexy. I feel more confident. I feel more focused. I feel uh, I don't need to do retail shopping. I don't need to stuff my face and emotionally eat. I don't need to because those needs are met elsewhere. And so I don't know about you, but my marriage influences the rest of my life. The state that I feel within my marriage is probably a very good mirror or even predictor of how the rest of my life is going to feel. And if I feel out of sorts, unseen, unheard, whatever, disconnected, like we're not on a good team, all of that stuff, then it infiltrates into every other area of my life. I That is why I believe this is the foundation. It's not for nothing that we call this person our significant other. We're putting our emotional health, our physical health, our abundance, our mindset, all of that stuff in this person's hands. Now we can argue separately, and this is a great topic for another conversation about how much power our partner should have over us and how we can actually create some boundaries and separation where necessary. But ultimately I think it's just the truth for most of us that they do. And that we want them to. We want to be open and vulnerable to someone. We want someone to belong to. Just linger for a second understanding that term, belonging. If I belong to you, you have power over me in the best of ways, right? We think of that as a very chauvinistic term or as a very uh, kind of negative term in our, you know, ultra-independent society. But all of us want to belong to someone where someone feels like we are theirs. They care for us like they care for themselves. And I don't know if you've ever heard this definition of love, but this is how I've Uh, come to understand love is that that true unconditional love is where you take someone else as part of yourself. That other person is part of you. Their needs, their desires, their wishes, their beliefs are all part of your own. And so yes, their happiness is in your hands and vice versa. And that's why I say we've got to climb this ladder, man. We've got to climb this ladder. We've got to go from miserable to stressful to manageable to satisfying and sometimes even step into blissful because this is our life. YOLO, right? You only live once. This is the significant other you have in your life and you deserve to create that blissful level of marriage that you dream of, right? This isn't the princess, uh, the Disney princess, and excuse me, all your Disney fans, I'm just using this as a as a metaphor, but go with me here. The Disney princess who falls, you know, pricks her finger on a needle, falls asleep, and then she waits in her slumber unconsciously for her knight in shining armor to save her. This isn't that at all. Climbing this ladder is rolling our sleeves up and doing the work that it takes, the emotional, spiritual, psychological work that it takes to be a great communicator, to be a great cooperator, to be a great collaborator, to become a peaceful partner and to create that power couple status that we all want to reach, that status where we're both strong individuals and we're even stronger together, right? So 
Yeah, Marissa says, I do believe we become one once married. So whatever I do to him, it's done to me in some way. A hundred percent. In that sense, yes. I mean, we're still two separate individuals, but there is a hundred percent that, uh, that, you know, if you think about organisms, how we affect each other, right? How on a, on a cellular or, um, uh, I don't know the words because I'm terrible at biology, but kind of, you know, on a germ level. <laughs> That's not the word, but you know what I mean? Microorganism, thank you, is the word I'm thinking of. Microorganism level, we are affecting an influence and emerging with each other all the time, right? Like what I eat goes into my milk, goes into my baby, etc. We're all kind of, or how women who gather together kind of sync up their, their monthly cycles, we all affect each other on biological levels and certainly on emotional levels as well. And so there is so much interchanging of energies, right? Exchanging of energies between us. So a hundred percent, wherever my partner's at, that's going to influence me. And therefore it is up to me to raise the vibration, to raise the frequency and to climb that ladder, to climb that ladder, to take us out of that zone and into the next zone. So to summarize, I want you guys to just assess, take a mental assessment for a second, where we are on teamwork. From miserable, through stressful, through manageable, through satisfying, and all the way through blissful. And what can we do to climb to the next rung? I'm not asking you to jump from miserable to blissful. What can you do to just climb to the next rung? Where are we on connection, right? Are we miserable in our connection? Are we satisfied? Everything's pretty good, but we could even push it, push the envelope further. We could take it further. We could bring our energy and focus to it, like Amy says, even when it feels like we don't have energy. And where are we on parenting styles? Are we aligned? Do we feel like we are a good parenting team, a good leadership team together, right? Are we, uh, are we actually contributing to each other? Are we helping each other grow? Are we feeling like, wow, we've got each other's back. Isn't this a beautiful journey that we're on together? Or are we at each other's necks? So give yourself an assessment and make a commitment to yourself. Make a commitment to yourself that you're going to climb at least one rung in at least one area. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you want more on this, FYI, you could go to theparentingjunkie.com forward slash ebook. I forgot to let you guys know about that, but that's a really cool resource that we've just put out. I wrote this funny little ebook. It's got a sneaky title. It's called 10 Zen Secrets of Persuasion. And it's basically how to convince your partner of anything. But the idea is not to be manipulative, right? And convince your partner of things just for the sake of it. But the idea is to become ninja communicators, to become excellent and masterful at communication so that we can influence each other right? And influence each other in the best of ways. So if you found yourself in some kind of repetitive argument or cycle over teamwork, over connection, or over uh, parenting styles, then I want you to go to theparentingjunkie.com forward slash ebook and get it. It's free. But if you're on my list already, you still won't get it. You have to go there and get it. You have to go there and register. 
And then it will really give you these 10 powerful, I call them secrets. Obviously they're not really secrets, but <laughs> you know, marketing, gotta make it sound sexy. And the truth is it is really sexy. Like I love to learn about psychological primers and how we influence each other and how our words can land more powerfully. And I actually believe that this would be a great step in climbing that ladder. I actually think it will be a great way for you to become a Zen persuader, a Zen kind of, uh, a Zen master of persuasion, I think will be a great first step in any area, whether it's teamwork, parenting styles or connections. So grab that ebook now. And yeah, just stay tuned. We're talking a lot about marriage, about partnership, about the Parent in Love course, about this parent uh, peaceful partners group, which you're all welcome to join. And um, yeah, thank you so much, guys. And namaste. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks for listening to The Parenting Junkie Show. If this was helpful for you, I would be so appreciative if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Subscribing to the show means you'll get the bonus episodes that I only deliver here. And when you rate and review the show, it helps other parents find it. I'll be shouting out some of my favorite reviews in upcoming episodes and would love to spotlight you. And remember, keep on loving parenting and parenting from love. Namaste.